She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the book besties. <laughs> of course, John Green, because John Green every season till he's on. That feels so unlikely that I will agree to those terms. <laughs> I want to believe I'm a dolphin. Maury, that ain't my baby. Look at that nose. That ain't my nose. That's the only librarians we have is 85-year-old women who refuse to retire. I mean, cool story, bro, but no. Fucking prove her wrong, assholes. Stop calling our fans assholes. I don't want to fuck it up. I needed that. <laughs> uh, so I, I I barely did my makeup. Um, I've been busy today. Mm-hmm. I've been busy today. Mm-hmm. Uh, my hand hurts a little bit. I wrote over a thousand, four thousand words today. Yay! Molly's writing. I'm writing romance. Molly. I think you should always write romance. I am writing romance. I, I got to preview the first few chapters, everyone. It is so good. It is so, 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 so very good. There's like this, I'm writing this awkward sexual tension. I love it. it it's so I weird. It. And I love it. I, romance scares me, though. No. Like. That's what everybody's I, I, reading I don't know right how to now. write sex scenes. Huh? That's what everybody's reading Say right it now. again. I said that's what I know. everyone's reading. I know. Listen, here's how you write a sex scene. Do not put the smells in there because I can't. I can't <laughs> no. And then you just, you know, you just write better dialogue than Tessa Bailey. Well, you know, Matt and I were just, Matt read it and Matt reads all my stuff, but he normally doesn't have like, he's like, I don't know how to explain it. This, he goes, this is your best stuff. I agree. This is some of your best stuff. Can confirm. And he goes, and it's really good. I think he goes, I think you're improving. And I looked at him and I go, it's the podcast. I'm reading more. I'm discussing more. Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. diving deeper into the process Mm -hmm. and it's making me a better writer. Yeah. I mean, reading does make you a better writer. It absolutely does. It does. The only problem is, is I have the brain of a freaking dolphin. So... I can only focus on one thing at a time. <laughs> Dolphins are like hella smart. So Yeah, but they're hella chaotic. Are they? I don't know. I don't either. I wanna believe I'm a dolphin. Um so I wanna believe it. <laughs> my hair is gray. Your hair's not gray, it's slick Last purple. Week, it was like purpley, but it's fading so fast. And I have I'd only wash it like I think since I get it got it colored, I've only washed it maybe what twi- maybe three times. It looks the same color as when you dyed it, though. I think, no. in my opinion, no, no, no. 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 Um, but I don't want to talk about my hair because it's bumming me out. I look like. You want to talk about dolphins? We were talking look, about dolphins. I look like Lois. No, but I do want to talk to you about the beach. I got to tell you about this awesome thing that happened. Okay, what what awesome thing? So shout out to. Uh, Surfers Healing is the organization, and we'll link it below. They are a surfing camp for kids with autism. Their symbol is a dolphin. See, I knew I'd bring it back around. Um, And (laughs) they 
uh, I live in coastal Virginia mm-hmm. and they have a coastal Virginia stop that they do every year. And it's a lottery. Like you put your kid's name in and they may get in, they may not. And my son got to do it this year and it was That's awesome. awesome. That's wonderful. Um, he went surfing. It was so I saw cool. the video. He looks so pretty dang happy. Yes. He stood he up on the board three times, which is amazing. Um, and we had good waves that day, which we don't get good waves in Virginia. It's not like being in Florida or California or Hawaii. Like we just right. don't get the kind of waves we're, that we're you get no- outland. Like, right. Yeah. We're really the northeast coast doesn't get as good surfing waves. So, Facts. so Facts. yeah. So that's you know, I mean, technically Virginia's the south, but we're. It's about I mean, as, Maryland's technically the South too. It is the least South of the South States. No, uh, Virginia's lower Souther. Right. South. But what I'm saying is what the word, Marylanders Southern. think they're Southern. Yeah. And I hate to tell them that they're not. Because mm. they're True. not. I lived in the South. They are not the Southern. <laughs> um, well, anyway, it was very cool. He stood up on the board three times. His surfer How did you that was hear with- about it? It was put on an autism moms group, like local autism moms group. Cool. And so I honestly, I didn't think he would get in. Like it's a lottery and it's just like they take, they draw randomly. And um, I was him, really Im- impressed with the organization. So uh, we'll link them below because they do, it is a charity. The camp is free for all the kids to do. And so if you feel moved to support kids with autism, learning how to surf, um, you know, get hit it up. Yo. Yeah. If you just want more information about the organization, because they do camps all over the U S East and West coast. So it was very cool. It was very awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. You want to talk about this week's book? I mean, it's a five minute episode. If that's a no, I guess (laughs) this week we're before you say anything, I want to say this. Mm hmm. This book is historical fiction. Yeah, I don't like it. If you are a fan of this podcast or you've listened to any, literally any of our episodes where we've done historical fiction. Prior prior to this. I don't like historical fiction. She's very vocal on this, yes. However. Dot, dot, dot. That is not why I did not like this book. Now, give us a synopsis. Because I didn't like this book. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I didn't like this book. Let's not tag the author in this one. (laughs) It's not that I didn't like the book. Anyways, fucking let's. mm, mm. This is she's a popular person too. Like her shit's super popular. Literally everyone on my Goodreads who I'm friends with that had read this book, four stars or above. They're all like (laughs) praising it and like fucking. What the fuck did they read that I didn't? Give us a fucking synopsis, Molly. The Book of Lost Names is the tale of. It's written in the book as Eva, Eva, pronounced Ava in the audiobook. Which I think is just the pronunciation because of where her parents are from. Right. They're right. Polish. Yeah. Eva. Right. A student in Paris who, is turning, who turns into a forger for the resistance during World War II in France. In this book, we jump between 18, 85, not 18, 85 year old Ava and two and. 2005 and 1942 a young Ava this story is unfolds as we see how she helps the resistance in 1942 and she finds herself again in 2005 
Yay. That's it. Yay. Um, first question. This is our first Kristen Harmel novel. What do you think of her writing style and voice? <laughs> do not tag the author in these posts, Molly, because I'm going to destroy her right now. <laughs> Listen, if you are a fan of hers and you read this stuff all the time, I I need to have a conversation with you because this is not what good writing. What are you saying writing. that I'm not? This is not good writing. It is full of cliches. In the first two chapters, which is maybe the first six minutes of the book, the phrase, she released a breath she didn't know she was holding, was used. I texted Molly and was like, we're already full of the cliches. I was a little on board with her being a librarian because I'm a librarian. However, the librarian career for her is super cliche too. Of well, it, course, it the woman talked about. I know. Like, of course, the old woman would be a librarian who didn't want to retire. Of course, she would. Yeah, because that's the only librarians we have is eighty-five-year-old women who refuse to retire. No. no. Anyway. Um. I really, really was disappointed in this book. It wasn't even that, like, the story wasn't great. There were literally parts that I was going in my car by myself. I'm yelling, that's a cliche! Why the fuck did they do that? In my my car by myself. My struggle when it comes to her writing style and voice, you could have put anonymous on this book and any person could have written it. She has no unique style, no unique voice. She doesn't add to the genre. That is my biggest complaint about this. She does not add to the genre. And then we're going to talk about it more when we talk about, like, the World War II stuff. But, but like... But correct me if I'm wrong. She's not just a, a an author of historical fiction. She mostly writes Holocaust fiction, correct? Right. And I'm like, if you're going to continue to write that, which is such a saturated genre... You better fucking add to it. Word. And she did not. No. no. There was nothing about this that couldn't have just been any other book. It yes. felt like a grown-up version of Number the Stars, which is the first Holocaust fiction book I read as a kid. Why does it feel just like that? Oh my God. It feels just like... And listen, so... I'm sorry. I'm not trying to do ASMR. I'm just trying not to yell. Well, just yell, because this book is just... You just need to ah! Um, you, you know, in our, um, in our book club, we read, uh, we read a historical fiction book. I mean, I still didn't really like it either because I don't like historical fiction, but it was a World War II book and it was about women spies. And I yeah. thought, I cannot think of the name of it. I so I'll, cause I'll, I didn't, I didn't read it. I'll link it below, but I didn't really enjoy that book as a whole because I don't like historical fiction, but it was a book that I felt added to the genre. It added to the genre. I didn't know anything about women spies. I thought that was amazing. Right. Um, it was based on Alice Network. That's what's called Alice the Alice Network, Network yes. for all of you that are curious. I'll put um, the link or I'll yeah. put the author info in the book of in the notes. Alice Network was probably the best historical fiction I've read lately. Uh, in the past maybe decade. I don't know because even though I didn't really love Evelyn Hugo, that was better. Right. It's not that you didn't like the writing of Evelyn Hugo. You didn't like the story of Evelyn Hugo. I didn't like historical... I just... Yeah. It's not your jam. Right. But I will say that Evelyn Hugo at least kept my interest a little bit more. And you know what? I did read the other... Another book by... 
Taylor, whatever her name is, the Evelyn Hugo, um, Daisy oh, Jones um, and the Daisy Six. Jones. And that one was really good too. I was asked um, the other day if we were going to put that on the pod since we covered Evelyn Hugo. I mean, we can. Um, I enjoyed it. So that mm-hmm. would actually be one I wouldn't mind talking about. But I will say with that one, I t- Taylor Jenkins Reed, that's her name. With that mm-hmm. one, I feel like what made it so appealing was the audiobook was a full cast. Got you. And but it's full cast audiobooks I struggle with. Yes, but you won't with this book because this book is actually written as an oral history. It's like really? a collection of interviews. So it works as a full cast. That's really neat. Um, anyway, back to the sorry, go ahead. Speaking of audiobooks, our narrator for this book was Madeline Maybe. Mm-hmm. Did did you like her performance at least when it came mm. to this book? I thought she did fine. She I was. Mean, she did both voices of Ma- old Ava and young Ava. Yeah, and it was very good. And I, I thought, like, one of the complaints I had from the audiobook from Evelyn Hugo is I actually didn't like that they cast two different people to do mm-hmm. Eve- Evelyn's point of view because then I didn't get the same voice when it was the other. Right. You know, but that I like. I like that they kept the same narrator for both of them in this. But she and- did a good job at balancing old and young. I yeah, like. she really did. She basically just dropped the voice down an octave, so she sounded like she was older and more mature. Um, and I thought she did a decent job with, mm-hmm. like, all of the accents and the male voices, too. Do I think she's, like, Jim Dale caliber? No, but she was no. good. But no. I also think this project wasn't the best no, because but it you was get what bad. You, get, you yeah. know, when it comes to that stuff. You get a gig and you get paid for it, so... Mm-hmm. So um, we touched on this a little bit. We've seen the World War II storylines oh done and done again here, right? Yes. It, it, it saturates. World War II storyline saturates, saturates historical fiction when it comes mm-hmm. to it. You can't walk mm-hmm. into historical fiction without being bombarded with it. Right. Do you think the choices the author made of using one, this was based on real events, choosing, I got you, (laughs) I'm hovering, I'm ready, choosing to use this real story to embrace the storyline, but also to create this storyline. Did you like it? What did you think? Give me some words here. So I feel like that it was quote unquote based on a true story where the Alice network was actually based on this group of women that like Mm -hmm. did the things they were spies. This was more like a general, there were foragers. Probably one of them was a Jewish woman. Yeah. Um, it didn't add anything to it for me. I found out before you actually put in the notes that it was based on a true story. And Which I think I maybe texted you. I'll put the link in you. the notes if the yeah. listeners want to see what we're talking about. Yeah. And I think I maybe um, texted you about it and I was just like, it doesn't make it better for me. Um, I mean, it, it gives it validity to me, but I don't think it makes the story better. It makes her reasoning to choose the storyline valid mm-hmm. to me, but it doesn't fix anything she's put it on the page. It doesn't. It doesn't help the cause. It, zero. Zero helping the cause. Zero. I mean. Anyway, attention. Like, I feel, I know, so people might not know this who are listening, Molly. Oftentimes we pick books that we want to share with each other. So it's a book mm-hmm. that's a favorite of ours and we want to or share with the other person. It's been but, on our TBR and we know the other's not going to read it. So we force the other person to read it. So we right, have to read it with us. Literally. That's kind of the whole point. It's the fucking point of this 
podcast is right. us forcing to, the other person to read shit we like. Right. And that's how we stay friends. <laughs> um, it's although, kind of my favorite thing. <laughs> I'll, uh, but anymore, we only add things because we want to read them and we just don't have time to read anything that's not on the pod. So mm-hmm. neither one of us had read this book. I no. have a question for you. Had you read this book, would it be a pod book? Fuck no. Thank you. Fuck no. I feel vindicated. I honestly would have started this audiobook, felt the lagging because the story lags, right? The story lags in the very beginning. And as soon as I hit that fourth chapter where it's just dragging, mm-hmm. I would have returned to the audiobook and got a different book in historical fiction. No- I would have never finished this book. Nothing not in this book surprised me. Nothing in this book surprised me. No. When Joseph, was that the guy that we meet mm-hmm. in the first I'm going to talk about all that. I got like two pages okay. of notes. Well, when he shows up, I'm like, oh, yeah, of course he's there. Of course it's him. Right. Of course. Right. Um, the main focus of the novel, its namesake, is the Book of Lost Names. Mm-hmm. A book Remy and Ava have created together to remember mm-hmm. all the children of that are ha- that are affected by this, right? They mm-hmm. give them new names. They get them to the other side of the freaking border. They they it was a way of keep- their lives. It was a way of remembering who they were, right? Because they're so young, they're not going to know their names, right? Original. I mean, it, it's the centerpiece really. of this book. It doesn't feel. I mean. I like, it's a sweet mentality. It's a thoughtful idea. The thing that was original about that was how they used the code. Yes. Like the code was original. Yes. Um, But not really. Like none, I mean, keeping the names, I mean, we know that. We know that happened. Um, And I should also say, because I don't even know if you know this, but I... You know that I went and did a study abroad in England. Yes. So we had a month to backpack Europe um, while we were there. And we went to Poland and I went to Auschwitz. Oof, so really, like, <laughs> I walked in to the gas chambers. Like, I stood in the you barracks. Felt the, the like, devastation. Yeah, the the pond. I mean, I'm assuming it's still this way because it was when I was there. But, I mean, that's been since I was... 21 the pond where they dumped the ashes was still gray it never went back to like the regular color of a pond that's disappointing so seeing that seeing that and then this is the book that's supposed to memorialize that it's just garbage disappointing yeah it's disappointing it's also side note it's also very cliche that that's the camp her dad went to let me tell you america america America. Y'all need to learn more than Auschwitz. Word. Birkenau was in Germany. Yeah. And which was closer to France. Now, I'm not saying that they didn't take they Jewish. They fucking camps in France. I know. Little ones. I'm not saying they didn't. I'm not saying they didn't take people who were in the Jewish community from France to Poland. I'm just saying that there were more camps. Kristen Harmel, why don't you expand the genre and tell us of a different concentration camp? Word. Auschwitz has been done. 
And if you want a real experience about Auschwitz, if you really want to know what it was like to be in the Holocaust, read Elie Wiesel's Night. Elie Wiesel oh, was fuck, in Auschwitz. He it is his memoir of his time there. So if you want to actually know what it was like, that's what it was like. It took me four years to read that book. I used to teach it. Four years, because every time I picked it up, I started crying. There's a very famous picture of uh, a, 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 a barracks at Auschwitz with all. Mm-hmm. There's a man standing up and he's grossly underfed. And then a bunch of bodies just stacked in there. Ellie Fazell is actually in that picture. It's one of the most famous pictures yeah. from Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's in that picture. You walk into a room in Auschwitz. Okay, so right before you go into this room, they tell you about how basically the babies were all killed. They basically just killed all the babies. They didn't need babies. So they would just like throw them in the furnace. No big deal, right? Just kill all the babies. Mm -hmm. And then right after you learn that, you walk into a room that has baby clothes in it because the Nazis kept everything. So they may have killed the babies, but they kept all their motherfucking clothes. Because they're going to give them to German babies because the German babies were the only babies that mattered to them. Right. Also in that room is hair, human hair, because they shaved off the heads, shaved the heads and kept all the hair. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what it's like to visit Auschwitz. It is the only place I've ever been uh, as a tourist that I did not take my camera out because I felt I would never. very I disrespectful. Don't I, could. I don't think I, I could. No way. No way. Um, but anyway, I thought that was... There's signs about that. Like, don't disrespect the dead. Um, a few years ago, kids were like posing, doing parkour and um, planking at yes. Auschwitz. Okay, we need to get back to this book. Do we, though? Yes, because we have to fill 40 minutes. And last time I didn't fill 40 minutes, you yelled at me. I did not yell at you. You were were told me you were disappointed that I didn't have more things about uh, which fucking book was it. Again, I did not say say that either. (laughs) Your face said it. Your face said it. Those words never came out of my mouth. (laughs) As a matter of fact, I said, I totally understand. We'll go ahead and end now. That's true. You did say that. Those are the words that came out of my mouth. (laughs) Um, Eva has a very complicated with her mother in this, uh, complicated relationship with her mother in this novel. Mm -hmm. Um, The author's choices to have her mother, one, blame her. Mm Mm-hmm. Mourn her father and then defend her to her death. What did you think about this path, this storyline of these two? Because I found it interesting, not a lot, but interesting how the mother chose, she wrote the mother to blame her daughter for leaving her father. Yeah. Uh, Lots of Jewish guilt in this book. Lots of Jewish guilt. If you have it's Jewish your guilt, fault that your dad, shout out. <laughs> it's your fault that your dad is dead. It well, and he wasn't. But spoiler, no. um, it's your fault that we are running away instead of trying to save him. It's your because, fault because you know she because, definitely could have fought the Jews, uh, the the Nazis, all by herself, right? right? It's your fault because you didn't. You're falling in love with the little Catholic boy. It's it's all these things are her fault. Yeah. Um, I did not find it at all redeeming that her mom defended her to her death. It doesn't. It, well, it didn't feel consistent. No. It felt zero consistency for the character in the end. No, I, but I did feel like there was a lot of Jewish... I literally thought that, I, like, said that out loud in my car again by myself. There's a lot of Jewish guilt in this book. There is. 
There is. And it's rough. And I um, just don't understand why her mom wasn't more supportive of the fact that she saved your motherfucking life. I think, well, they talk about how her mom married her husband at what, 18, 17? And yeah. then they moved to Paris right well, after, and all she had was him while he worked. If I, you're secluded and that's the only person you have, I can see how that would be devastating for you. Well, I mean, even if it wasn't the only person you have, it's pretty fucking devastating. But Word. I I have a theory. Okay. Even though their neighbor who lived across the street, like, moved into their apartment, I think that the reason she came to get Ava, she didn't ask for her mom. She asked no. for Ava. Yeah. She talked to Ava's dad first. I think she was alerting them that they were coming that night. And he had made See, an arrangement with her that she could yes, have the apartment. Yes, I, I bet you dollars of donuts. It, it was, you can take her apartment, mm-hmm. sell our shit. Yeah. Keep my kids safe. Have whatever you want, but you need to get Ava out when the, the Nazis come. Right. I really think that's what happened. And it just so lucked out that her mom was also going with right. her. Um because I don't think her dad was stupid enough to believe that just because she was born in France that she was going to be exempt from all no, of this. But he hoped, I, he, I think he hoped that the neighbor would protect her. I, and but. I honestly think that that would have been a more interesting story to come around at the end than what yeah. came around at the end. Ugh. Anyway, we're going to get to that. Um, I want to into- <laughs> talk about Eva's relationship with Remy and Joseph. Mm-hmm. We meet Joseph when we first join Eva in Paris, mm-hmm. and then again when she starts working for the resistance. He seems to be slimy and slick with all the women he meets, mm-hmm. even though everybody says he's handsome mm-hmm. and uh, charming. I never felt charming once for this man. Remy is de- dedicated to the cause and a Christian. Her mother loathes the idea of him, her ending up with him, and with her, she ends up with Joseph. What did you think about the role of this love triangle, I use that term loosely, played in this novel. Of course. Of course Joseph is a slimy bastard. And of course she falls in love with the oh, Catholic as soon boy. as we met, as soon as he popped back up, I knew he was going to be the beginning of the end for this book. I knew he would too. And my suspicions were confirmed when he started dating the other girl in the lab after Remy left. How many women wasn't he dating? Right, but the I one think, he was getting serious with was, was was the one that was in with her right. making the forgeries. Yep. Her falling in love with Remy, I think I actually texted you this when um she he's about to leave and he they start like kissing or whatever and he's like, We yeah. can't do this. I texted you, I've reached the uh cliche uh will they won't they moment. Yeah. I mean, it was obvious from Jump that they were going to get together. It was obvious. Right. And it was obvious from Jump that, that Joseph was going to be a bad guy. And I totally called it that the when he turned was when he got arrested. And Word. he gets away with it because he's only half Jewish. Right. He's, he's, um, he's Christian passing. Right. Well, he has a Christian last name. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have the nose. Which, one thing I didn't know... Maybe I knew this, but I just didn't know it. I didn't realize that the identification cards had nose size on them. I didn't know that. 
a lot so. of physical features are um, talked about on those cards. Mm-hmm. I was reading somewhere where they talked about the measurement of the ear and how they would measure from the earlobe to the thing. And if your earlobe connected or didn't connect, it was a whole thing. What I the can fuck find would the that show? Because I guess it's a genetic trait. And they could tell if you were Jewish or not from it. You can't tell any. Listen, you can't tell anything from a shape of someone's nose. You can't. Like, you just can't. My husband has a massive nose and he's Irish Catholic through and through. I have a really wide nose. My brothers all have big honking noses, Hungarian noses. They're massive. Okay. No one in my family is Jewish. It's like when they go on Maury and they're like, Maury, Maury, that ain't my baby. Look at that nose. That ain't my nose. (laughs) I can't wait for that to end up in the reel. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm going to get to this next question, I swear. <laughs> Clichés. We talk about them constantly on this podcast. Oh it is gosh. our bread and butter. It is how we break down. It helps us break down a book. Mm-hmm. There's so many of them in this. So many of them. Any particular that stuck out to you that you're just like, no, fuck this shit. It didn't need to be in here. I was out from the second time she released a breast she didn't know she was holding. That was before the Germans even came. <laughs> so there's that. There's the will they, won't they, the Catholic and the and the Jewish girl. The Catholic the boy love and the triangle, girl. The love triangle. The love triangle. Um, the Auschwitz being the camp that he goes to, like there are My other camps. My mom understand me, cliche. Right, right. Jewish guilt. Um, the uh, the 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 uh, plot twist, quote unquote, that Joseph's a bad guy, which is my next question, which, which I want to talk not, about next. And I know you want to talk about the end, so I won't say it. I won't spoil it yet, but the end is one giant fucking cliche. I stabbed myself in the neck because of the ending. That's how bad the ending is. I was um, like, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Joseph ends up being the bad guy. Hang on one Shut second. Up. One okay. second. When we talked to Chezzy before she came on our show... For those of you who don't know, Francesca Zappia, friend of the show, she's been on our show. She's coming. She's coming on again this season. We love Francesca Zappia. We love Chessie. She's Chessie's our Bessie. So Chessie, we had a meeting with her before she came on our show the first time, and she like kind of asked us about the bell ringers because the first book we covered of hers was Lies and Her Monsters, and we did have a couple bell ringers in there. I mean, there we were honest about it. We were honest she about loved it. that. She yeah. was very clear about that. And and that's one of the things I wanted to say. She said sometimes cliches work, and I was like, you are one hundred percent right. Right. There are some things in Eliza and her monsters that can be a little cliche, but they work in that context. This book is full of cliches and none they of them work. work. They do not work. They do not work. It's this a- is still a better book than Lost Apothecary, though. Do you know what it is? What? It's a paint by numbers. Oh my gosh, it is. It literally felt like um, 
column A, column B, column C, column D, roll a dice, and whatever you get, then you put it together and you have a story. There's a book. You choose your adventure. And because she has a name, because she's a well-known author in this genre, I just went, I she's going to get published. Like a, I wonder if after book one, she had X, Y, and Z number of book deals. Yeah, and she probably. had to pro- procreate, you know, so many books and so little of a time. And she was just pumping them out. But you know? also speaking of Chessie. Because that happens constantly. Right. But also speaking of Chessie, Eliza and Her Monsters was that mm-hmm. one that she wrote to get to her book deal. And it is a fantastic book. Oh, spectacular book. Piper just finished a second reading. She was holding it the other day after she finished it because she read it in 24 hours. Of course she, she did. Was, I love this book so much. And that go, book is so amazing. And me for too, those okay. of you who haven't read Lies and Her Monsters, read it. Chessie's awesome. And go listen to our episode in season one where we talk about Eliza and her monsters. It'll be in the notes and I'll put Chessie's uh, link to her website too because yeah. she has a newsletter that is always awesome. Always awesome. She always had a new awesome. book come out this summer and she has a new one coming out in January as well. So, mm-hmm. And she'll be on later this year with yes. us. In November. Yay, Chessie. Okay. Back, Back to this, to this book. motherfucking book. <laughs> Surprise of all surprises, Joseph is our villain. Um, he betrays everybody because he is caught mm-hmm. and he's a slimy fucking snake and turns on everyone. And himself. he promises to hand over Eva. Instead, he hands over her mom. And everyone else in town. Everyone else. What in a town. motherfucker. And he kills his girlfriend. Yeah, well, I saw that. He deserves to get shot in the freaking hidden room. This twist. Was it even a twist? No. No. I knew he was the one that was going to betray them. He showed up in the book and I was like, oh yeah, this motherfucker is going to betray them. Well, he's gross. He's instantly gross. He's Mm -hmm. all flirty. And you can see that she doesn't like him. Like, because yeah. he flirts with her and she's just like, whatever. And the fact that her mom keeps going, he's a good Jewish boy. He'd be good for you. That's so He's cringe. not a good Jewish boy. He's a ah. fucking whore. Ah. Your husband's going to clip that. <laughs> he's a fucking whore. <laughs> you got to stop saying that because then he won't clip it because he'll be like, no, nah, they're waiting for that one. <laughs> okay. So my biggest beef in this episode and this book. Whoo, okay. I have beef. I mean, big, monstrous, take a billboard out beef with this book. In the end of chapter 29, beginning of chapter 30. She barely escapes with her life after Joseph is killed by the Nazi soldier that has been secretly helping them. She hides under a pew. She gets out of town. And then magically we fast forward. How? There were like a dozen German soldiers there. How did she, they just not find her hiding under a bench? That is the best game of hide and go seek that ever was. The author brushes past her escape from where they are in France. That's the climax of the book. It is the biggest, uh, the the point I was finally entertained. I was finally enthralled. I was finally into it. Eh. <laughs> okay, for this book, I was finally into it. Okay, this was a part of the book I was like, okay, great, we're on to something. 
Right. And then she fucking fast forwards 14 months. And it's like a whole, like, it's like three hours from the end or like a little bit less. It's like an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. So, like, why? You we needed that. We needed to hear her struggle to get to Switzerland. We right. needed to hear her. She cannot have it that easy. This mm. character needs a struggle. Mm. That is the whole point of creating a character mm-hmm. to give them rise and fall. I'm mm-hmm. yelling a lot, and I'm sorry. No, what one thing I did did like about that story. I'm sorry. I, it makes me so pissed. <laughs> are you needing to woosaw for a moment? Akuna Matata. I'm gonna breathe. The one thing that I did like about that scene was that the German soldier who um, was basically spying for them was feeding them information that he was the one that shot Joseph. Yeah. Um, Because I just assumed it was Remy that was going to be back. Like, I was like, oh, Remy's back. No, it's German soldier. I I knew Remy wasn't coming back. I thought it was the priest. I really was rooting for the priest to be the one to kill him. But I thought I thought it was really clever that it was him, and I liked that he said that he had done things he wasn't proud of, and he knew that if he could save her life, that it might not change everything, but it would. But do he might something. get a redeeming in heaven, right. and right. then he, he just does... waited for the German soldiers to come and kill him. He right, just waited. Right, he um, he definitely did a hero's thing in that. Right. A moment and it was bigger than him and he knew that and he knew Ava was bigger than him mm-hmm. even if he didn't help her get to the border even if he didn't he knew saving her from Joseph and saving her from mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. partners in crime mm-hmm. that he was saving her future you know what I just had a thought what? Okay, I have I have a thought on one way they could have fixed this book okay hit me so I think she tried to do too much. I think she was stuck on the forger story yeah. and then was like, but also Germans stole a whole bunch of shit from people. And so mm-hmm. what if there was also this book? Yeah. And then we could have the two different timelines and how they matched together. I don't think she needed to do both. No, I think it could have been, I think you could have done without the flash forward of Ava at 80. If um we could have done and just focused on the forgery. It, and that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you could have started this book of Ava and her mom getting on the train. Mm-hmm. Ava learning how to use a typewriter to make her parents, her and her mom fake documents mm-hmm. and getting to the south and getting themselves safe. Mm-hmm. Them them struggling, make three or four chapters about them struggling to settle in in town. Mm-hmm. Make her paranoid for days. Don't make it the same day she gets there, the fucking right. priest is following her around. Right. Make it days long. Right. Make it a week plus. Right. And her in that little room typing, trying to make papers for her dad. Right. And then the priest coming. Extend that storyline. Right. Changes the book. Because I don't believe it that the very first document she ever made was so good that they wanted her as a forger. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it. No. I don't. Because she I has don't no history. I don't believe it. There's no. been no history of her using the typewriter. There's been no history. Of, no. I mean, they built in that whole story about how she used to draw at her dad's job. Cool. My my youngest can draw. Do you think Livia can make fake papers? No. I mean, cool story, bro, but no. So, when Ava makes it back to Paris, or back mm-hmm. in Paris after the war, 
Yeah, because she just magically got free but, from all of the German soldiers yeah, and went back home. And guess what? Her apartment like they were gonna like they were just gonna give up. Oh, she's not in the room we thought she was in. I guess we'll go somewhere else. No, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Even expanding how the resistance hit her till the war was over would have been nice, right? Did like she something. go to Switzerland? We don't even supposedly, know. Supposedly. When Ava finally makes it back to Paris and we're fast fucking forward to the 14 months. First, she goes to check for her father to see if mm-hmm. anybody knows where her father is. Mm-hmm. If her father's still alive. Were you surprised he was still alive? Not really, because this book was full of really cliche things. I think it would have been a more convincing story if she didn't have her dad. Right. Like if he would have died. Like if she was alone. Honestly, how I thought this was going to go is she was going to wait for her dad and Remy for a bit and then realize that she had no life left in Europe and she was going to go leave. to the United States. But instead, States. we get her dad back. He dies of cancer. I do like the line that his body took care of what the Germans, Germans couldn't, couldn't do. Finished. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was I, honest because so fun fact, not fun fact, I guess it's not fun. What the survivors of Auschwitz and the other concentration camps, the cancers they were getting in their lungs mm-hmm. is the same variation of cancer that the nine 11 survivors have. It's smoke inhalation. Cancer. Kind of. It's, it's um, breathing it's, in dead bodies. It's, it's debris, dead bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 it's from the, the stress of the body also helps create this cancer from what I understand. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Katie will fix me on this. Yeah, when you if Katie I'm wrong, I'll find any links. So maybe Katie will help me find links. But I will. There's information out there, but it's a very similar cancer they've shown because mm-hmm. it's a traumatic event, and there is laws right now trying to get passed in Congress. I'm not. I don't try to get too political on here, but there are laws and Congress and Senate right now that are trying to pass to protect the 9/11 soldiers and veterans that are dealing with burn pits and cancer and all that. And Congress on both sides, Senate on both sides are sitting on this bill instead of working together, instead of protecting our heroes. Yeah, that's some bullshit. Get on their asses. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm sorry. That, that, that's that been bugging me. Um, uh, so I have one more anyway. question. <laughs> sorry. Well, we didn't finish this question, Molly. Yeah. We did not finish this question. So, um, thoughts on how, like... Her, this, like, okay, what was, fuck We me. were talking about her dad. I, I okay, completely so, drew a blank. So I, I thought that was clever, the the line about the cancer. Yes. But I do, don't think it was, I don't think it was believable that he survived. I think it would have been a more believable story that she left, like you said, because she didn't have anyone. Um, I right, also what, really I, don't like, I really don't like that she left because of a guy. To no, me, that's I all. Don't. Ava has it, been it motivated by a man the entire book. And it feels zero consistent with the character's progress. Right. She waited She's this grown. long for Remy. She waited that long for Remy. Just mm-hmm. meet the first guy she meets after waiting for Remy and right. deciding to move on from Remy is right. the guy. Right. And she actually says, right. And <laughs> she's waving her bullshit flag, everybody. And and she actually says that, like, in the Ava in present time, she's talking about how she doesn't, she never loved her husband as much as she loved Remy and how she realized, I don't remember how many years in that she didn't really need him. 
Right. She also, also, side note, because I know this is not in your notes. I am really bothered by the fact that she never told her son anything about her life. Seriously, the fact that she was just like, oh, my past doesn't matter. You're, you waited for a man for a year and a half after the war. You pined for him. You finished your education. You watched your father die and, you're, and your mom was murdered no. in your name. And you're just going to act like none of it happened. What do you fucking tell him? You lie? And also, I think it's really fucking shitty and also unbelievable that her son wouldn't be like, my mom was born in Europe. My mom lived in Europe during World War II. My mom is Jewish. There's got to be a story there. Why do you not care enough to ask your mom questions about her fucking life? I don't know. How self-centered do you have to be? Um, I had an uncle who used to served in Vietnam. And when you asked him about Vietnam, he walked out of the room. Okay, but you asked him. You tried. Right. But we don't know that, that he topic didn't ask. never she said she never told him anything. She let That's him believe. Yeah. I just don't believe that. Um, so last question before April Goodreads. Question. All right. Spoiler alert. In the end of this book, we're back in 2005. She finally makes her way to finding the goddamn book, and another person comes to claim it. Who's that person, my my friends, you may ask? Oh, it's Remy. That's right. She gets a happy ending at 85 years old. What did you think? Hi-ho! <laughs> Hi-ho! Let my bells speak for me. I, that was such a fucking cliche letdown. I literally was listening to that at, on my lunch break in my car. Was, and when the other person showed up, I was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's Remy. I was and so I was disappointed. Dis- I was disappointed, too, as at the writer. I wasn't disappointed at mm-hmm. the ending. I wasn't mm-hmm. disappointed in the book. I knew this book was going to have a mm-hmm. shitty ending. I was disappointed well, the in the writer. Shitty. Because you know what it should have been? It should have been her son. It should have been her son who came. It should have been her son. It should have been her son. Son who realized his mom was leaving, who has, because in 2005, I would have known where my 85-year-old mother was going. Mm-hmm. I would have known where my mom was. Mm-hmm. I would know where my mom, I know where my mom is now. Mm-hmm. But that's not the point. I think I know where my mom is. That's not the point. That's not the point of this. The point of this is, is that is not the ending this book's the story deserved. This I mean, story, the story of a forger. This is not the story that story deserved. No, what this story? This is how this book should have ended. This is how I would write this ending. She goes back to the hotel that the librarian sets up for her. Mm-hmm. Her son shows up the next day. Mm-hmm. He gets in contact with the Jewish leap with her. Mm-hmm. They they start working on this. She gets sick. In Germany. She doesn't make it out of Germany. He, the son takes over and becomes the, the forger's daughter. The, the person that must finish this story to help these kids. He's carrying on his mom's legacy. I'm getting goosebumps telling this. He mm-hmm. carries on his mom's legacy. He makes her life final and complete by helping these kids, now adults, realize who they truly are. I don't need her to die but I need, oh, I need her to, her to die. A, I need old. her to have a. I need her to have a longer conversation with her son than a phone call. Facts. I need him to be there in person and for her to actually be able to show him what she did. Uh, yes, 
It should have been her son. I'm I'm glad Remy's not dead. I got attached to him as a character, but that was not the story. It was he more believable if he were dead, though. It, I'm gonna say that died. word again because that's not how you say that word. Fuck! It was more <laughs> believable. There it is. There's the word. I work today, everybody. I'm pretty tired. <laughs> she did. Um, final thoughts. April Goodreads. I gave it a two because I I thought it was better than Lost Apothecary. (laughs) That's the only reason. I'm surprised you gave it a two, but I'm. I actually gave it a one point five, but that's where I thought it was going to (laughs) land. But I round up on Goodreads because they don't let you give halves. Goodreads hashtag not sponsored. Please start allowing us to do halves. Like I would, I would really appreciate it if I could half. Seriously, like Book Bestie is. stamp of approval on that one Mm -hmm. give us that half number so i gave it a one and a half i thought it was full of cliches and and it just didn't it just wasn't the story for me doesn't work it's still better than lost apothecary (laughs) yeah which is by far one of the worst books i ever read and i'm still mad that our episode didn't film properly because like I had to read that motherfucking book and I didn't even get an episode. Here's the deal, guys. I will make April refilm Lost Apothecary. No, no. Listen, listen, listen. No. We have to have a thousand followers by season five. (laughs) A thousand followers by season five and April has to re-go over Lost Apothecary with me. That feels so unlikely that I will agree to those terms. (laughs) Yes! That's what's up! (laughs) <laughs> Wait, what, what season are we on right now three okay you so- guys have six months <laughs> six months a thousand followers no they have longer than that because we won't start season five until july next of so almost a year almost mm-hmm. a year a little under a year gang you have under a year currently we're sitting around 200 ish so it feels so unlikely that i will agree to those terms <laughs> Fucking prove her wrong, assholes. <laughs> Stop calling our fans assholes. They know I mean it with love. They may not. We've been getting a lot of people listening who have never listened to us before, and they may not realize no, that no, this no, 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 no. is they just need to your go personality. Back to the OG stuff. <laughs> I mean, if they've watched any of my reels, they know that this is me. All right. Uh, do you want to talk about what we've got coming up for September? Because this is the last week of August. It is the last week of August. My kids will be back in school by now. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty stoked about them going back. Sorry. <laughs> I gathered that. <laughs> so what do you think? Should we do that? Yes, please. All right. So next week we have a very special guest. We have Alexa from At Cozy Blanket Reek. At Cozy Blanket Reads. Molly, don't interrupt me when I'm trying to give her like important information. Um, you can find her on TikTok and on Instagram. And we are going to read one of her favorite books, A Good Girl's Guide to Murder by Holly Jackson. And um, get the physical that, copy if you're reading along. You need the physical copy for this, guys. You know, Molly and I love audiobooks, but there are sections of this book that are like redacted. There are maps in here. There are uh, there's interviews. But yeah, if you, you do listen you, to the audiobook, it is a full cast. 
So the phone calls, which April, you should go and I'll snippet the next phone call, or the next couple for you in our Audible. Okay. Hashtag not sponsored. Um, they do a ringing sound for phone calls. Okay. They do a click sound. They make the static. They make it sound like a telephone. Wow. Call. Okay. Okay. It, it's really cool. Okay. It's really well, cool. Definitely check out the physical book uh, for this one. It is a trilogy, but we are only going to be talking about the first one with Alexa. So that's yeah. next week. Um, then for the second week in September, we are covering an, our our second Andy Weir. We are covering the Project Hail Mary. We covered I'm so the Martian excited about this book. I fucking one. love Andy Weir. Andy, come join us. Oh my gosh. You are I'm so li- smart and funny and your writing is clever. Yeah. We miss you, homie. I'm listening to this one in my car right now and I'm literally laughing out loud as I'm driving to work. I'm cracking up. It's so good. Um, He's such a good the, writer. Right. The third book uh, for this month is by Emily XR Pan. And it is you called say the that Asa- again? Aunt Emily XR Pan. XR Pan. Um, it's initials XR Pan. Pan. XR Pan. Got it. I thought like XR Pan was her name and I was like, like one word. I was. No, Emily. Moving on. I'm sorry. X period R period Pan. The book is called The Astonishing Color of After. I picked this book because look at that fucking shelf appeal. It's beautiful. Also, the title, The Astonishing Color of After, is a brilliant title. Yeah. Um, It's got Green Brothers written all over it. It really does. But it's. uh, it's more John than it is Hank. And speaking of this author pool quote on the top here, brilliantly crafted with heart wrenching beauty and candor, a very special book, John Green. Of course, John Green, because John Green every season till he's on. John Green every season till he's on. Manifest that bitch. Manifest um, that bitch. So that's the third week of this month, and the fourth week of this month, I don't have this, but Molly does. Can you show it? By Karen Slaughter. Karen Slaughter. Is it Karen? It's K R I N. I still think it's Karen. Um, the audiobook um, narrators say Karen, but she says it in YouTube on as Kareen, but then I've heard why would she approve the audiobook to say her name is Karen if she's saying it Kareen? I don't know. And I don't want to upset her. Well, we'll go with the way she says it. If she says Kareen, we will say Kareen. I don't want to fuck it up. That's what she wants her name to be pronounced as. So we'll say that. I'll double check. What's um, the book, Molly? <laughs> well, the book is Triptych. It is the first in the Will Trent series. It's the Will Trent series is a uh, very several books. It is a long series about a GBI agent and his path as he, beca- as he's a detective. The fun part of it is he's dyslexic. It's not fun, I guess, but it's a fun twist on the detective story. Mm. And they've just, greenlit a whole season of this on abc that's awesome i i have great taste of course it's awesome molly you did pick the book we covered today fuck you man (laughs) unless we haven't had a fuck you in a while on this on this episode so fuck you (laughs) fair that's fair (laughs) i love you Got nothing else. What about you, Ape? Roll. Mm, I know you don't like that. Do not call me that. <laughs> I know. I just realized it when I was saying it. I paused. Ape, roll. 
We're obviously uh, getting punchy in our old yes, age. Yes, I'm very tired as well. I think that's it. I think let's wrap it up. I'm really excited for next week. We're going to be talking to Alexa. Me too. I can't wait. Till next time, guys. I'm going to go right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April and not those of anyone else. Today's book was The Book of Lost Names by Kristen Harmel. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins. Editing by Thomas Watkins and music is Sleep Sweetly by Brigida. Don't forget to follow the Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com.